to another edition of Midweek Midweek Mentions. This is Schweitz up in Toronto. Joining us tonight, we got Jeanette out in California. John down in Miami. How are you guys doing tonight? We're happy to be here. <laughs> so yeah, we've we've been off uh, for a few weeks. Uh, everyone's just busy with their lives, but uh, wanted to just do a quick episode for everyone. Um, so Jeanette, let's start with you. What's what's your what's your lopic for the evening? So yesterday during the close of uh, Tuesday's show, there was an update or. Yeah, I guess it was like an update that Greg Greg Cody has a black toe nail, his big toe, and they were uncertain of like how he got it, how long he's, you know, he's been dealing with it. And basically like, does he have gout or some other foot disease that caused it? And he thinks it's because he dropped the bowling ball on it. And that's what caused his whole toe to like go black. So... I started thinking, like, imagine it gets to the point where, and God forbid this happens, but the toe has to be amputated. We know that a a few weeks ago, Greg had a funeral for his 25-year-old deck shoes. So to me, the natural conclusion was he would also bury this toe, so there would be a toenerol. But... Rather than having it go smoothly, I'm trying to envision the most chaotic tonal in the history of tonerals. And would it be sponsored by UFOs? Yes, I, I think uh, I think he would certainly seek out sponsorship, uh, if only just to to get more attention on everything. He'd obviously do it as a segment on the Greg Cody show. So you already have some sponsors attached there. I picture him trying to bury it next to his deck shoes in the backyard. That was uh, going to be my question. Does he bury it next to the deck shoes? Well, kind of like husband and wife, you know, after they pass. I think he attempts to bury it, but in the process, he sets it down in the, the new puppy takes over and uh, just rips it off the ground and just sprints away with it, causing all types of chaos, I think is a, is a best, best case scenario for our comedy purposes. And forgive me, was this on video? Like, were they on YouTube when they were discussing this? Or was this just because I, I remember hearing it, but I, I normally listen to the podcast. I don't watch it on YouTube. I think it might come out later as a YouTube exclusive or something because they were making him show it on camera and someone was like, but we're not live anymore. But it's like, no, we'll release it on YouTube. So the last I remember seeing this toenail was back in January when Stu clipped it as part of his grid of death punishment and the pieces went flying everywhere. There was shrapnel and back then it looked normal. So in the span of six, almost six months, it went from normal to completely black. And let me get more clarity. We're talking about the whole toe becoming black 
or just the toenail. I mean, I'm familiar with, you know, having smashed my finger, um, you know, or, or dropped something uh, on my, that's actually happened. I dropped a, uh, like a 12 volt battery, like one of those batteries you put in, in, um, golf carts and things like that. And it broke my toe. And of course I lost the nail, but the whole toe is black. Is this what, is this what, how it was described? No, it wasn't his whole toe because if it was, he would have already gotten like the amputation done. It's just the toenail. So the coloring of the toenail is black. Hmm. And he's just like, that's what I got to deal with now. I'm I'm just like never going to be, I don't think Greg really is like an open, like showing his toes kind of guy. It's the deck shoes and wearing other sneakers. But yeah. Well, except I think he's barefoot all the time at home. So he's not showing it in public, but he's certainly uh, walking around with it. Maybe it's the deck shoes that, that, that did it. Like they knew that, uh, that Greg was going to, uh, you know, part ways. And so one final, one, you know, one final revenge tactic for the deck they, shoes. They just started dyeing his feet. Yep. Just discolored I mean, on the that, inside. That's happened. That happened. I, I think with shoes before, where like uh, maybe even boat shoes, where the like the the dye on the leather um, after enough perspiration or or wetness kind of starts to color your feet. Am I the only person that that's happened to? Well, I mean, it happens with your socks. Like when you wear white socks, when the shoes have color in, like like black was typically with black shoes and you take off your socks and you see the coloring. So you guys are saying that the, John, you're trying to say this. this is like a, like when people say that they die by heartbreak where, because they've been together for so long and they can't stand to be apart that the other partner dies a sympathetic death because they can't go on living without their love. So now Greg Cody's big toe, it's only been a week or so since the shoe the funeral so this is a heartbreak death that that big toe is going through it has nothing well, to my, do with a drop bowling ball right my, my was more nefarious like like uh he the the shoes knew that they were at the end of their time and and it wanted to exact revenge i however like your idea better uh which is yeah they that death of heartbreak so this this nail is is um is lonely, doesn't have it, the comfort and, and warmth of thing leather shoe and and uh, it, it's slowly perishing. I agree. It's it's just it's much more uh, it's it's much more nuanced that way. It's, it's, it's more fi- it's more fitting. It's romantic of, of, really. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. He Greg could write an amazing story about his Deck shoes, taking revenge on his toe. Greg Toady. Yeah. <laughs> hey, while we're on uh, toes, if if you'll just indulge me, um, so here in Miami, uh, even though everybody says, "Oh, nobody wants to see man feet," whatever, I, I don't care necessarily what people want to see or not. I like to be comfortable, so I'm always uh, uh, not always mostly in flip flops, especially around the house and and that. Um, and my feet end up drying out. Um, and so like, you know, the heel, the heel will get a little cracked and, and maybe the, the, the big toe, or as Greg calls it, the great toe, um, 
will start to crack uh, or callous over and crack, I guess, because of how I walk. What, what do you guys, because we were talking earlier before we started to Zoom about hair care and, and salons. And I know petties that, you know, are big. I've had them and they're great. But uh, these days I, I can't find the time to do that. So what is it that normal people do to just hydrate their feet so that they don't crack? Is it just that they're always wearing socks and shoes or is there a process? Somebody help me out, please. So if I know, John, that you are a Amazon shopper, you have Prime. So you might want to go on Amazon and find like foot masks that you, it's a, you would apply it on your feet. It's kind of, it's a face, basically it's a face mask for your foot. So it could either be like clay or sometimes it is, you know, like the paper one that just goes over and it has oil. So it'll be that. So you just need to make sure that you get it for your shoe size. Cause if it's too small, um, it won't give you the complete benefit. So find it in your size, order one or however they sell them, try them out. And that way you don't have to, like you said, you don't have an hour, hour and a half to invest going to a salon. But if you, if, if it's like 10 minutes application, it could be something that you do after your, your shower time and then you're good to go. And if you like it, then you, you keep it up. But that's a recommendation that I would have. Oh, thank you. All right. I think we've pretty much exhausted the, the great show topic. Does anybody else just think of the scene from Dumb and Dumber when they're they're going through their montage of of looking great after they find the money and they they have to cut Jim Carrey's uh, toes and they just bring like the the angle grinder out for him? Is that that's how I picture Greg Cody? Yeah. Every time I, I never watch on YouTube, I'm always just audio, and that's whenever they talk about his foot, I'm just picturing uh, Jim Carrey from Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, I. I... Yeah, that that the descriptions are always so so gross. Um, I think one time I on the Twitter on the timeline, uh, his toe popped up with with that gray nail, um, you know, and it kind of like that curved, uh, uh, like I don't know, like a talon or something. It's really gross. Okay, well now that we've uh, made Andy happy with all of our foot talk, because he's probably the only one that's going to enjoy that. I assume. Uh, let's move over to ice cream trucks. So they were talking about it today. The Choco Tacos getting discontinued. Uh, wonderful, wonderful treat. Um, they were talking about the Ice Cream Hall of Fame, Ice Cream Truck Hall of Fame. What, what do you guys put in there? John? Uh, the strawberry shortcake. Uh, not because I grew up with it. I I started to eat it later on in in adulthood. Uh, you could get them at the store, um, you know, in like a four pack or something. The Good Humor Strawberry Shortcake that is even now if, if uh, you know I'm passing by CVS and I see it, um, I'll, I'll pick one up. So I think that definitely has to be on it. Um, even though I didn't have it as a kid, so I don't have the nostalgia attached to it. I'll let, I'll let somebody else go so I can think of some other ones. I have never had a strawberry shortcake, but I actually ha I actually have a decent reason, and it's not just that I'm a picky eater. It's that I'm allergic to strawberries, so strawberry flavor is not appealing to me whatsoever, even if it's fake. So okay, I was about to never, say, never no had chance, one. There's no chance of strawberry in this thing. 
No, but I, I, I don't even want the flavor. Uh, I'm all in on the classic drumstick. Uh, so, it, and I think, I think it has to go just the umbrella category to cover all of the flavors. Vanilla is the OG, and then you have a little bit of like the caramel swirl and like the chocolate swirl. And of course, the wonderful benefit of when you get to the last piece of the waffle cone, the like, what is it, like one eighth of an inch of like pure chocolate that's down there. So it's it's fantastic. It is one of like, I remember that's the one that we would buy, you know, four of them and me and my brothers and sister, we would sit down, we would all eat it. We would be really, really happy to get it. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm, I like a lot of the, the stuff. Um, I didn't go with the novelty as much, but usually anything that was, you know, just pure ice cream, ice cream sandwich, chip, which, um, UFOs, milkshake, milkshakes. Yeah. The Mickey Mouse. Wait, bar. wait, 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 your, your ice cream truck had milkshakes. Sometimes wow. they had, a, they had just for just, they could do basic flavors. Damn. No, we had not we had not always, bowls. but but I remember I remember one or two times that that it was an option, and sometimes I would just go with that because it was less messy and it traveled well. So, so you mentioned novelty items. So, what was the one novelty item that you always looked forward to, and when you tried it, you were just like, meh. Uh, it kind of didn't live up to the hype. For me, it was the WWE um, ice cream bars because they always look so cool. And when I tried it, it was just such a bad cookie. It was just like it was bad ratio of everything. So it was not enjoyable. And I kind of was like in my mind, I was like, this is a bridge I shouldn't have crossed. I was better off just admiring you from afar. But like Billy said, all of the characters that had the um, gumball eyes, those never disappointed. Even if they, the, I think everyone for those, the best thing was when the ice cream bar didn't look like the cartoon character. The more deformed it was, the better it was for the experience because it made you laugh. Yeah, the you Ninja see, was, Turtle, was, the Tweety Bird. Those are the. Two I was gonna that, go ahead and 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 poo 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 that because. But that was something that you always <laughs> were excited to, to you know, Spider-Man, awesome. And then you unwrap it, and you're like, what the, what is this? This is not Spider-Man. And then, and then the, um, and then it didn't taste very good. And then you had these hard as, you know, crap uh, gumball uh, eyes that, that lasted all of like three, three and a half seconds. So that was going to be in my Hall of Fame of maybe the worst one. But I was always curious when I was, you know, when I was first starting out in my ice cream, ice cream uh, eating career, uh, the push pop was was something I went to. And then as I refined my palate, I started to like just say, this is this is really like crappy orange, you know, sherbet or, or whatever it was. Also, and I think there's two types of people in this world, the people who like push pops and the people who don't. Um, are, are you guys which which are you guys? I, I like push pops and they, they were talking about sherbet on the show and I was really sad that Witty didn't correct them by saying sorbet. I well, they're two different was, things. Right? I know, but I still thought he was going to do it. Yeah. 
Yeah. People the, still use it interchangeably. The, the push pop also falls into that expectations reality category of our Hall of Fame. Because if you ever got like a deficient stick, it wouldn't push up. And then if you weren't. That's paying, what she said. <laughs> and then if you weren't paying attention and you push too far, the whole thing could kind of come out of the tube and it falls all over and you're in your huge mess. And it just didn't taste right. It was like, uh, you know, uh, like I said, it was something you were like, oh yeah, great, you know. And then as I started to explore the other the other um, numbers on the on the chart. <laughs> oh, you're going by the numbers. Oh, wow. Well, well, sometimes there were only like, you would say, oh, the chip witch. And, there, and the, you know, their response would be, no, what number? You know, on the five or whatever. Um, and, and most of the time it was in Spanish anyway. So, uh, the, the, what, what I started to realize is, okay, you know, push pops are, are on the, the lower scale of things. And, um, and I can't remember as a kid, this ever happening, but certainly later, um, you know, when you're at a park or something and, and, and the, uh, the, as an adult and the, the, the truck passes by i started them seeing that they started putting magnums which which is you've ever had a magnum uh um those are like the elite of of all the it's kind of like a dove bar on steroids and um i don't know it, it, did anybody pay does anybody pay attention what, what's the price on that i can't imagine a push pop cost the same as a magnum no, it has to be more. And I think that is like, like you said, it's the ice cream truck. Uh, they, they're only hitting up certain spots with that. So it would be like the park, um, like family festivals, because they know that mom and dad want something specifically for them. So it's like the kids will get all the other like sugary stuff but this one is specifically for the adult and at that point they got you and it doesn't matter you're you're like i don't care it's so hot i'll pay four or five bucks whatever it is for it but i i, I have seen that and it's and like i said like just just get um a drumstick the drumstick is gonna probably be cheaper and it gives you the waffle cone but you know to each their own did did anybody when eating the drumstick ever bite the bottom and then suck all the ice cream through it like a straw? Because I used to do that. No, I never. You just hold, you just, you just hold it up. And, yep, you eat, you eat like half of it, and then when it melts enough, you you can you can do that. It was a fun game. No, so what is the best song for the ice ice cream truck? And have you ever? like heard us her like the ice cream truck is screaming in your neighborhood and they're not playing a traditional song and you're like what the heck like what is going on here i mean i am i will always be a fan of turkey in the straw the 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 classic um that just i don't i just find it really funny and i can listen to it on repeat so that doesn't bother me at all um yeah we have an ice cream truck that rolls through every night and like past our house at I don't know. I'm going to say every like night. Yeah. It just, it's just making its rounds in the neighborhood. There's a park right down the street. So it just has the music going. Um, so it hits up that park and yeah, it's, it's always just generic. Like, you know, exactly what it is. Every, I have to, I always can, 
think if it's the knife guy or the uh, the ice cream guy. It's always the ice cream guy, though. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I only know the two the two uh, songs, um, and it's the ice cream song, and then the afilador guy, um, and they're very distinct, so you can't really confuse one for the other. Uh, I've never known, I think, a, a different song for for either one. So, um, yeah, I don't, I can't say that. But real quick question, Schweitz, um, you said he rolls around at you know at night or. Uh, how 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 much light do you have at say nine o'clock or nine thirty? Um, is it dark already, or is it just dusk? Or at, at nine, it's probably getting it's probably getting dark. So he's doing this at the tail end of his of his thing. But there's there's certainly plenty of light, like eight eight thirty still. Well, you could still see the number that you're picking. Oh yeah, and it's a, it's a small park too. So he's doing the bigger parks, and this is this is the last step. I think he lives in the area, so he's just hitting it up on the way home, seeing what he can get rid of. Yeah. So the classic song for me for ice cream trucks is do 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 that one. I don't know what it's called. And then we have one because we have many ice cream men that pass by here, and one of them, their song is specifically Christmas carols. So Silent Night, uh, what else? Uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and also like the religious ones, where like if you were going to church and it's a Christmas song, and you're like, oh my, like what is going on? So I don't know like who that guy annoyed or what, but that's now his like signature sound. And I think if he changed it to a more traditional um, music, he would probably hurt his business. So this just made me think of something. What song would you want to hear, but it's still done in the musical style of the ice cream truck? So it's still just the, you know, just those tones, but it could be any other song. Uh, Rick Astley is never going to give you up. Um, today, I think, is the anniversary of 35 years. Um, and uh, it, it's so odd. It was the culmination of things. Uh, my wife and I started watching uh, Ted Lasso again, and it just so happened yesterday that 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 song was prominent on that on that um, episode. And then today, I'm scrolling through my timeline. I think Rex Chapman uh, points out that today was the 35th uh, uh, anniversary of that song. So it's fresh in my mind, and that my I don't mind getting Rick old. In fact, I enjoy it. Um, anybody who says differently is lying. Uh, that song is fantastic from start to finish. And um, and I saw a picture of him on, on the timeline. He's only getting more handsome as time goes by. Um, so, the, I, you know, I would say um, the Rick Astley song would be fantastic. Would it, you know, would sell, would definitely sell a ton of ice cream. You could also start playing it and just drive away from the kids. <laughs> uh let's throw in the uh star spangled banner that that doesn't work for me clive okay Can it, canadian national <laughs> uh, that would go, that would go, that would actually sound really cool in that style so it's just like or um taps 
That's very depressing. <laughs> well, what do you think? Like, it's well, they would have to play that like when an ice cream man dies. Isn't that what like the? <laughs> this was like I'm seeing this from a Simpsons episode where it was Homer took over like the route of an ice cream man, and they had like the twenty. It was the guys with the carts, and that was like instead of twenty one gun salute, it was twenty one bells. And it was all the good humor guys were there. It's wonderful. <laughs> Oh, yeah. now, now I'm thinking back on on um, uh, not ice cream, more smaller scale. But when they used to have, it was like an ice box that was pushed around, and there were more like popsicles. And do you are paletas offered at ice cream trucks now, um, or is that just mainly that guy who's who's pushing around that ice box? Uh, I think they can do both, but primarily the ice cream truck just wants to do like good like the american brand ice cream and then scoop your cones and then paleteros they still do uh they have the 50 50 mix of like ice cream the aguas and natural fruits plus you know um push pops and that kind of stuff what was the big one that was orange that was also sherbet uh the big big stick creamsicle no, not it wasn't a cream. Yeah. It was a big. It was a big stick. It's kind of like like in that family, but that's also a classic. I think that one may have been like towards the cheaper end. So depending. Yeah, on- I just found a picture of it. Yeah. Did we ever get to a like maybe a, the the top five Hall of Famers or I, I believe I I mentioned the the strawberry shortcake. We we got the drumstick. Um, I think I heard uh, Schweitz mentioned Chipwich, but I don't think that was his submission. Or, or yeah, um, I mean, the ice cream sandwich is just a classic that I think would be on that that top five, uh, and then the various variations for it. Uh, uh, of that of that ice cream sando, would it be uh, vanilla, chocolate, or Neapolitan? Vanilla for me. Yeah, vanilla. That's the right answer, by the way. So the push pop was also like cross branding with the Flintstones, right? The Flint, or did they have like their own separate? Um, no, they they ice were cream. marketed. They marketed them as as the Flint. They used the Flintstones, which I was thinking is like the two things I associate with the Flintstones when it comes to marketing are vitamins and. Push pops, which is just a very strange cereal? combination. Cereal? I didn't have this. I didn't have the Flintstone cereal too much. The fruity pebbles or the chocolate pebbles, yeah, pebbles cocoa pebbles. I know. I know that they were there, but I never had them that much. But I, I still like. If you said like Flintstones in marketing, my, I will jump to the vitamins first, and I will jump to the push pop second, and then the fruity pebbles. But the Hall of Famer cereals for sure: fruity pebbles and, and cocoa pebbles. Indeed. Hey, uh, it, it just my mind um, when you mentioned WWE. I know these guys started talking. They they spoke with Khan, uh, the Khan guy from uh, I guess his, his dad owns Jacksonville Jaguars, and mm-hmm. he owns A A W or yeah A and W or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah, um, the root beer. <laughs> that's right. Uh, they just uh, pretty prolific. Um, who watches? wrestling i mean a whole bunch of people must watch wrestling but i don't know one person in my in irl 
that watches wrestling. Do you guys watch wrestling? No. And and one of the things with, uh, I can only speak to WWE because I've gone in and out a few times when there was literally nothing else to watch on a Monday or a Friday. And because Vince has been there, he's been recycling storylines. So if there was a storyline that happened at any point where you were watching in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, it's probably happening right now. So there is a mega superstar that is fighting the McMahon family that has beef. Um, There is uh, some sort of like secret love child that is being introduced as a new wrestler and is trying to let the next premiere event is going to fight their dad. I, I think they had they did something like this with like Rey Mysterio or something. I'm not entirely sure. And then, of course, the misogyny and the sexism and the race and the racism is still still exists in the creation of the characters. So, you know, there's the very they go they like the African American uh, characters. They're all pretty much. They make them very stereotypical, unfortunately. The same thing with the other people of color um, and the women. It's all, you know, a lot of boobs and a lot of short shorts. Um, I think the only person that kind of right now isn't like that is probably like Becky Lynch, but that's because she's like postpartum. So she's trying to still work her way back into her body. But I think if Vince was still there, um, once she kind of like felt comfortable, he would have her like back and like, super revealing and tight stuff so so you don't miss a beat it's like the wrestlers the wrestlers change but the whole dynamic of the operation uh and the stupidity and the absurd uh, absurdity of the storylines persist they just change it around it's like so it's like days days of our lives yeah exactly uh, yeah which is like it's 80 80 years old and and they're still looking for stefano or whatever the real (laughs) if you ever if you ever watch glow on netflix they're trying to explain pro wrestling to all these women who are at at the beginning of the series and at some point, it, they just realized, oh, it's a soap opera. And then it all made sense to them as how to do their gimmicks and how to present themselves. And it's 100% what it is. I do listen to a lot of uh, wrestling podcasts, you know, Jim Ross and, and whatnot. Um, Why? Just because, he what? Go ahead. No, he's, he's going over like the, the older stuff um, because I find the, the event planning and behind the scenes stuff really interesting. I find that stuff interesting in, in a lot of different industries. And so there is some nostalgia with it, but how some of the decisions are made, you know, some of the, the turmoil behind the scenes, that kind of stuff. I, I enjoy it sort of, I use that as a, as a filler pod. And, and also um, when you look at like some of these like retrospective, whether it's podcasts or, you know, investigational TV shows, like they have the dark side of the ring on vice. Um, and even uh, they're, before everybody started having their own plus and making their own content and not having to pay Netflix, there was a lot of WWE stuff on Netflix. And one of them was like the history of the company. And you see that Vince's inflated sense of self comes from him overcoming a lot of economic uh, and other disasters that happened to the company. And how that just kind of emboldens him, I would think, to keep pushing the record, to keep pushing the envelope and to continue to play out the fantasy character 
in real life because like they were saying they actually when baseball was doing the PED investigations the congress they were also doing it with WWE and around that time that that was happening that's when Owen Hart had his tragic accident and how that almost bankrupted like the company and how they if you go to the vice the dark side of the ring and you see that episode i think it's like two parts and you see just how they wanted to move the venue of where the hearing was from where the accident happened to Connecticut because Connecticut was more favorable to them or to some other state because they knew that they were going to have to pay the widow like a bunch of money. They were totally liable and everything that happened. And Vince and WWE didn't want to do that. They were trying to avoid it. And it was like, no. So it's, so there's like a lot of things that come up right there. But one of the things that is that it's weird, like they give you this much access into it, but the sexual harassment stuff and how women are treated within that industry, that doesn't really get brought up. And now it's now it's coming up. Um, and it's also kind of like the way that it's really it's really sad that it has to be said because it was kind of I think it was something that um we knew was happening but we couldn't acknowledge it for some reason kind of like the way stuff happened at playboy you know yeah it's just it's one of those industries where it just it's very uh, you know and just sports in it's general it's very, yeah. yeah like it's very obvious to to understand it's not always obvious yeah. to prove it's not always or at least uh people in power tend to Abuse, yeah, because it's abuse and and you know put themselves in position to hide things. Yeah, like what happened with the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders and the Commanders cheerleaders. You know, it's. I just want to bring up one one point of contention here, uh, and that's that the male wrestlers are also dressed in very skimpy uh, uh, clothing. In fact, every time I see their nipples, every time there's not once where. You have a, uh, a wrestler that is not exposing his nipples and is always wearing the uh, those those tight briefs where you you know where you can you know leaves little to the imagination. Um, of course, that's the, a little bit tongue in cheek there, but um, yeah, I could uh, since I haven't watched wrestling since I was maybe like twelve or something. Um, I don't know what I don't know anything of these storylines. I'm not even clear or following what what happened with uh vince mcmahon all i know is that he he um he gave up power to to a, you know to i don't know uh a, a son-in-law or a fake son-in-law i don't know where the real the real storylines and fake storylines it's, it's his actual son-in-law yeah he just you know right it paid off people the board found out about it and, and forced him out we don't know how much access he still has we don't know if he's making any decisions again i don't think anyone's really surprised by this but uh anyway it's interesting stuff but uh on that note uh let's call it a night because i have a baby crying upstairs that i need to get (laughs) so uh thanks for joining everyone um where where can we find you john uh you can find me at home uh most of the time 
but uh, in reality, uh, go go follow my my good friend uh, at Burger Beast because uh, if you like food, um, he posts some really good stuff and and he blogs about it, um, and it's much more interesting than me. Jeanette, where can we we find you? Uh, you can find me on the. Uh, corners of Figueroa and Chick Hearn panhandling for college tuition money. <laughs> UCLA. Tell those oranges. Those <laughs> oranges. <laughs> All right. And I'm Schweitz up in Toronto at Schweitz underscore AY. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.